How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. The driver's seat. Good start from Stephen Johnson, a really good one. Johnson leads the race. Daniel Ricciardo gives Renault their first podium. Cam Waters is our 2020 pole sitter at Bathurst. The driver's seat. Oh, the defense, that's massive. That's massive. Yes! Yes, 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 yes! The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Excellent job. Welcome to another big edition of The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to our mates at Kubota, shaping and building Australia. It is probably one of the biggest announcements in all of Australian motorsport, but we'll get to that in just a moment as I welcome Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson to the program. How are you, boys? Well, it's a happy Wednesday to you both, to be quite frank, because there's been so much news coming in over the last week that we broke exclusively here on the drive. You're going to break another one tonight, won't you? Well, no, I am going to have a little break on something a little later on. I'm going to release the dates for the rest of the season, ladies and gentlemen, and where we're going to be going racing. So stay tuned for that for the update. I'm just stoked that you're speaking into the correct microphone tonight. (laughs) It's good, isn't it? And it's it's turned on by (laughs) by our our third producer here, third or second producer? Second. I don't know where you found the other one. but um, Second second producer, and by the way, my worst client, uh, sitting over here in the corner clapping. (laughs) Thanks, Woogie. Great to have you in town. Jace, feel free to to turn on your mic and give him a serve if you want. All right. Hey, look, we're going to kick off the show with our feature interview and we do it thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask a mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional choice. You might see him in TCR Australia sporting a wonderful Burson <coughs> Auto Parts livery and it's all thanks to Burson Auto Parts who are celebrating 50 years but we can't get to our guest without giving him a proper intro. Holman conquer the mountain once again. Jason Barquana and Garthair to take out the FAI 1000. Well done to the Gary Rogers Motorsport Operation. Please welcome, making his debut on the driver's seat, the one and only Jason Bugwana. <laughs> G'day, fellas. How are you going, Steve? Matt, uh, what's going on, buddy? Why, can I ask why a lot of our guests start their interviews laughing? I love that. I love. Was that your intro? Were you happy with that intro, Barks? No, I've been listening to you the last 10 minutes. It's fantastic <laughs> listening to you folks talk. Champagne and and, and I like isn't? the fact you're about to, uh, to, to, to to release the rest of the calendar, so at least then I know when I'm going to go car racing. <laughs> oh, mate. Mate, I tell you what, if you haven't booked accommodation, you should have spoken to me two days ago because I could have given you the accommodation dates. Of course, I've booked mine for Kubota Racing. We're at Bathurst. We're all good to go. Mate, seriously, though, uh, welcome your debut. Congratulations on... Uh, Getting back into racing because you're off the, on the sidelines there for a little while, and now thanks to Burson Garage, you're uh, you're back, and you've brought your young fella along for the ride as well in TCR. Yeah, thanks a lot. I mean, look, obviously it has been a pretty uh, exciting couple of years. We didn't do any racing last year really, and then this year back into the uh, into the car, which has been good. But yeah, for me, look, it was one of those. I sort of undenied whether we should actually officially retire at, uh, a few years back there, but the problem is I actually love racing. And I, whether I'm racing a Hyundai XL around at Winton or I'm, I'm battling with my son in a 
in the in the person's I just love it. I just love getting out there and having a go. And um, it's been great to be back and, and, and enjoying racing some really sharp operators. I mean, the thing I do love about racing is when, you, when you're racing the, the best of the best. And now we've got a pretty good field in TCR. It's certainly make it exciting. Hey, mate. Um, welcome to the show, first. I'm sure Maddie did welcome you to the show. I didn't hear him welcome you officially. Well, would did, you focus? Hi and welcome, yeah. Yeah, yeah do well, you want to focus, Welcome Johnson. to the show, mate. It's good to have you here. <laughs> hey, uh Oh, I did want to ask you something because I've never driven a TCR car. So, I, I mean, it, the closest thing I've driven is Jets Excel at Winton. So that's about as far as I go with front-wheel drive. <laughs> um, we've spoken to um, you know, quite a few of the boys like Lee Holdsworth, Michael Caruso, Chaz, um, and GT, and, and they've actually mentioned just how different it's been to adjust to that car from what you've probably driven your whole life as a V8 supercar uh, and rear-wheel drive. I mean, give us a bit of a... Uh, I guess a bit of a snapshot, and because you're in the category with your with son Ben, he's sort of cut his teeth on Excels, and you know the young kids sort of pick up things that quick these days. Anyway, how's it been? You know, how's he been? You know, obviously in that car compared to you trying to get used to it. Well, look, I mean, my my very early days in my motor racing career back in 1990, which uh, you know was a 150 years ago. Wow. Um, I raced a Suzuki Swift in the Australian Production Car Championship. So I, I got a bit of a taste of front-wheel drive um, back a long time ago. Um, and then, obviously, you, know, you, you develop your career. You, we went through Formula Ford, Formula V, you know, Formula Holden, all those sorts of things, uh, a lot of overseas racing, single-seaters, and then, obviously, into the supercars. So uh, rear-wheel drive. Everything was rear-wheel drive. So you develop a skill set um, that, you know, that, that you understand how to drive the car, you... You work out how to go fast, what you need out of the car, what you're looking for. In 2008, when I was driving to WPS, the team folded, and I jumped back into a Mini, and I've got to tell you, um, we played around with the Mini that year. That front-wheel drive experience, that, that knowledge, that understanding how to use the throttle, when to drive it, it all come back pretty quick, and we had a pretty successful year that year. And it's a bit like that now, jumping back in this. Um, you're right, Ben's uh, got that experience in the XL, so... It, it really came to him pretty quickly. But, yeah, for me, look, I've enjoyed it. I've, I've done a little bit of front-wheel drive before. Once you get your head around a bit, they're actually really good to drive. They're fun to drive. They're fast to drive. You don't get a lot of power oversteer, but uh, it certainly can get your attention in the high-speed <laughs> stuff when the rear steps out, let me tell you. And they look like flighty, edgy little things, as you say. Has there been any moments, you reckon, over the last little while that you've been racing in these things that you think, uh-oh? Oh man, this, you've had the full pucker. This this is gonna, <laughs> you know, the valve's gone right up on the limiter. This is gonna hurt. Well, look, I think it was around Easter qualifying at Bathurst was at ten past seven in the morning or something. It was two <laughs> degrees, and let me tell you, when you arrive at McPhillamy Park in one of these things on cold rear, certainly gets your attention. So, um, yes, they are very flighty. They're exciting to drop. They get your attention. You've really got to respect them on the cold tire. But once that rear tyre, you get the temp into it, um, you can attack pretty hard, and they're, and they're a good thing. And you're, you're, you're back with GRM, which is, you know, if you've been a sports or if you're a fan of the, the Barguanas for many years, you're, you're probably most well-known for driving a supercar with Gary and Barry. What's it like being back there? I suppose it would be like going back home, putting on an old pair of pants. Yeah, it was a little bit. I mean, look, I've always had a very good, healthy respect for Gary. I drove for him for five years. He was the the guy that really gave me that um, that first opportunity after the Young Lions program. Um, he offered to pay me to drive his race car, which I just 
I, I thought was as unbelievable. It wasn't a lot of money, I've got to tell you. I had to work in the car yard cleaning toilets, but <laughs> that, that was okay. I didn't care, right? Um, it, for me, that was a golden opportunity and that led to some great things. We did some great things together. And uh, we obviously had that success at Bathurst. But, you know, as my career developed, I, I moved um, to Larco's and then, you know, and a few different teams and bits and pieces, forward hold and that sort of thing. Um, but I've always had a good, healthy respect and, and relationship with Gary. And, and over the years, even when I was in the role of the DSO, and, and um, you know, we've obviously kept in contact. He doesn't live far from me, actually. And when this uh, TCR uh, environment really started and, and they were heavily involved in it, I hung around a little bit early on uh, in that first year. And then when the opportunity arose, we we uh, were able to put the partnership together with Burson and, and create um, a pretty special opportunity, which, you know, has come together this year and it's been fantastic. And, mate, what so moving forward, TCR for you, what's what's it hold for, obviously, you and Benny? Do you, do you plan to keep going like Bowie for four billion years or do you... Uh, <laughs> Um, do you want to, you know, maybe do it for a few more and then step back and concentrate uh, and give Ben a hand when he gets to the point where you think that, right, oh, it's time to get get right behind him now? Yeah, look, it, it is always been, you know, for me, uh, I'm, I'm well aware, Steve, we're at that age where you're probably at the other end of your racing career, except for John Bow, obviously. Like, he, yeah. he's still young and, and Well, John Bow's still 41, so... Well, I, he's about the same age as Russell Ingle, I think. Yeah, exactly. And, and whilst I did submit my uh, my resume into the uh, Alfa Romeo Formula One team uh, <laughs> after I had a win down at Phillip Island in the TCR car, because apparently they're looking for a driver, I did yes. submit my resume there, but uh, I'm not holding my breath. Uh, didn't, I'm waiting on that call phone back. call. But yeah, no, yeah. Look, so look clearly for me, it, you know, at this end of my career, um, look, I'd, I'd like to race a bit more. I'm, I'm really keen to see what the what the future holds, but it is all about opening that pathway up for Ben. And, and I think the TCR platform is a fantastic one. He's got his eyes set on, on the big prize. He'd love to be a supercar driver. He'd love to also race overseas. And I think that the, the opportunity that TCR can create, if we, if we can get some momentum going, um, we'll give him that opportunity. So for me, it's about, you know, opening that pathway up. He's, he's getting to an age where he can start running with himself and, and hopefully I can come along for the ride. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. We we t- spoke to Luke King a little while ago, and um, I think the opportunities at TCR. It was only came, last week. It was, it was a little while. Well, yeah. a little while. A little last while. week, <laughs> mate. In my in my day, yeah. in my every day, a little while. I know you're flat this out. Remember morning, what you yeah. did yesterday. <laughs> this morning feels like about five days ago. Um, but the opportunities that, that are open for because you, you you can't go overseas and race a supercar. No. So, but you can go overseas and race uh, a, a TCR car. So I think it gives um, young drivers like Ben and Luke and Joshy Bucken and. Geordie Cox, a really good opportunity to go forward. And one of the the things that has been announced in the last 24 hours, which, again, we broke here, I think, about two weeks ago, Stevie, or three weeks ago, yep. Nimsy, the, on the uh, the Burson Off-Track update, was that we're all going to be headed to Bathurst, TCR and Supercar and all that kind of stuff. And it's going to give you and Ben and all the guys and girls uh, racing TCR for the first time, you guys are going to be playing on the big circus, which has got to be exciting. Oh, look, I mean, yeah, you, you've mentioned that. And, and, of course, you guys broke that story. And, and you're amazing because you just know everything, Matt. You're, you're in touch with everyone. So I'm going to check with everything that's going on, let me tell you. No one's but, taking my um, call anymore because I keep spilling the beans. <laughs> you keep, you keep, you're actually supposed to keep these things secret, mate. Didn't yeah. you understand that? Yeah. He has kept so, a secret. It's just everyone he's told hasn't. That's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, going into, I mean, you, you know, we all understand the importance of Bathurst and what it represents and, and what it's done from us as kids. 
Um, you know, Stephen, you, you, you know the atmosphere that it creates. Well, mm. to be able to put on, uh, let's call it a mega show, I don't know, what are they calling it, the super show, something, I don't know. But to have six days of the best categories, the best drivers um, for that week will just be electrifying. It'll be fantastic. And, and whether you're in an S5000, a Trans Am car, a TCR car or the supercar race, look, it's going to be something that, you know, whilst as competitors, it's going to be great. I think from a fan's point of view, the engagement will be huge. And hopefully we can be in a position where they can open it up and get the tickets in and get the camping happening and yeah. and we can um, and have, have a fantastic event. And that's the thing we're all missing. We want to be there and be part of it. Are we likely to ever, sorry, Sophie, are we likely to ever see in a Trans Am car, Bugs? Are we like there, you know, once the, uh, at, at one point you may hang up the boots at, at um, TCR, are we likely to try and get you into a, into a Trans Am car? Because I reckon you go right in one of them. Yeah, well, I, I didn't. You, I thought you were going to step out and let me take over your seat, mate. But oh. I think there's a possibility there that we could uh, we could certainly do something. And and look, I actually I really like the Trans Am cars. I think that the that they remind me a bit of what we raced, Steve, back in the supercar days. Something a little bit more raw, and um, you know, H pattern gearbox and brakes that you had to nurse and look after. And you know, I Absolutely. think they're a very exciting category. So I reckon, um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll never say no to anything, mate. I'm, I'm a bit of a racer. I'll have a crack and. And if the opportunity arose, I'd uh, I'd certainly wouldn't uh, say no. Hey, uh, mate, just just thinking ahead here. It's, I know it's very unusual for me, Maddie, but I am thinking a little <laughs> bit ahead here. Talk, hey, uh, talk about exclusive. You're, hey, you're looking forward. I'm just wondering, Bugs, if, if the opportunity arises in the future where you're still racing in TCR and I get the opportunity or Jet gets the opportunity, um, I'm just wondering what number you're going to run because you're running number seven. I, I at the know. Moment. So what's, I, look, what's that is there? always a challenge. I mean, I, I, Gary and Barry picked that number, and I went, "Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure we want 17? And because I remember, went, well, I, 30, that, I was going to say well, thirty-five and seventeen. The yeah, thirty-five <laughs> and seventeen sort of kind of come together quite a few times in supercars, didn't oh, they? <laughs> well, that's right. Your bumper bar and your front bumper bar used to crash into my rears all the time, didn't it? I was going to ask, you know, it was interesting. I was going to ask you that because we don't, on this show we talk to a lot of the current drivers, but we don't talk to a lot of perhaps drivers that were back when Stevie J was active. Give me your, give me your top Stevie J story uh, about when you raced against him and when he did something so boneheaded that you radioed back to Gaz and Baz and said, mate, I'm going to have this bloke in the fence fairly soon. <laughs> it's funny to remember the races you do remember, um, you know, and the, and the events you remember and the things that go on. And, and look, at you, you know, we all used to race pretty hard, and I think I probably gave Steve a few and he gave me a few. But I think there was one weekend at Sandown. Didn't I give you one in one race and you gave me one in the other race? I think that's how it worked out. And we all went square, square, let's get on with it, you know. It's pretty um, much pretty much like you're racing against Paul Morris. You know, you just square each other well, up and you're done. No, I had to race Paul Morris, so you had to race Paul Morris. We yeah. knew how the system worked. Exactly, um, exactly. But you, but you used to go up to Paul Morris after the race and you explain to him, mate, don't you realise I actually get paid a wage to do this? This is how I make a living. Like, <laughs> I need the results, mate. Like, you can't just do this, you know. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, there was plenty of history there. There's plenty of good good times racing. But, yeah, it's funny when Ben... When uh, we got that 17 and 71 thing going, Ben wanted the 17 because he wanted to be like his hero, Scotty McLaughlin. And I'm like, yeah, but that's Dick's number. And he went, who? I didn't really understand that. He was more about Scotty McLaughlin. So he didn't, he didn't go, that's Dick's number. And he went, who? You know, Dick and, and Steve. Steve? Yeah. Steve who? 
be like, oh, Scotty McGuire. Oh, yeah. That's Scotty's oh, Jets dad. dad. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, Jets dad. Jets dad. That's, that's what Bree's like. husband. Yeah, that's I, right. hey, mate, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you something though. You, you're lucky well, we have got the best. Or Chase oh, oh, still yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Our, third, the, the, our fourth yeah, producer our fourth still here. We don't offend him. The best producer here. Silent button pusher down in Melbourne. Nimsy doing the show because he. He's put in a, a cracking intro for you. I actually had an intro for you, mate, to start the show, but Nimsy wouldn't let me run it. Well, this is what right. he, well, this is what he wanted to put, Bugs. <laughs> was that in warm up? Yeah. I think you went off at uh, where was it? Forest, Forest Elbow. Elbow in the warm up, and you pancaked that thing. She was no more, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who wanted to put that one together? That was you, Stevie, was it? Good on your boys. <laughs> oh, look, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm pretty comfortable. I won the race, Stevie. So, how yeah, you exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's got one on me there. Yeah, he has stood on the top step. I was actually at that race, but that was, in fact, the first supercar race I yes. ever worked at. 2000. 2000, yeah. 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 97 or 2000, yeah. Well, which yeah. was the one? No, where... the, one the, the one that you won in the wet, 2000. I was there 2000, with. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to think of their names now. Oh, jeez. Really hey, uh, Tyler was... Mecklem. I was working on Tyler Mecklem's TDK Ultra Tune Commodore. Were they both? I can't remember, Bugs. That's how bad my memory is. Obviously, one was. Were they both with GT, or just one was with GT? Uh, no, G, well, obviously, when we say both, we're talking about the <laughs> the year that I crashed the Young Lions car in the warm up. That's always a good uh, career move, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, fortunately. Fortunately, I uh, was able to, to, to get uh, pole provisional pole, I guess, um, yep. on the Friday and, and do a good job in the shootout. But then, funnily enough, that, that incident, um, yeah, look, with, you know, we've seen it a few times there before. Clipped the inside wall, got the outside wall. That's the end of the day. So, um, But, you know, a couple of years, uh, 12 months later, I actually went back with Jimmy Richards as my co-driver, if you like, and, and uh, we ended up on the podium chasing down Larry Perkins uh, mm. and ended up third. So... 12 months later, you know, we recovered from that pretty quickly. Um, and then a couple of years after that, we managed to, to win the race. So it's, it's all... Uh... It's, yeah, that was 97, wasn't it? That was, with, that was with Garth in 97. And the funniest thing that I remember about... I remember you guys winning it. But the funniest thing I remember about that particular win was Garth had... Uh, he had very burnt buttocks after the race. He did. He didn't. He, he did, because <laughs> clearly um, there's a bit of a height difference. So uh, I, I used to have to sit in a bit of a foam... Uh, dicky seat thing and he sat basically in the seat without much padding in it to make this whole system work so him and I could share a car so um, in that last stint the, the heat from the exhaust underneath the car there got through the got through the actual seat and he ended up with uh, yeah with burns on his butt so he ended up having to get um, get the nurse to come and look after him after the race but uh, <laughs> she yeah, creamed he, it up he nicely to, he did <laughs> put, it, put, put it out of put it out of his misery so yeah it was uh, Got, got the job done. You should, you should see in our studio here, Woogie, our, our fifth announcer, as our fifth producer, just come out of How the kitchen after hearing. Oh, oh, yeah. we, we have got so many producers in it. You know, have you have no idea what it takes to make Stevie J and I sound even half professional on this joint. The best way uh, I could put it. No, I is... do. I've been in the pub with both of you, so I understand. Yeah. Actually, actually, actually you're all doing. You would know, Bugs, because you and I commentated on Channel 7 together for a few years, the support category, yeah. so you know exactly how hard it is to make me look professional anyway. <laughs> that's why, that's, that, 
That's He's why walking minute, out the door now. That's See why, you, Woogie. That's why See the minute producer. I texted Bugs and said, Would, can you help me out with Maddie and Steve? He's like, mate, how much do you need? <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-hour show. We haven't got enough time. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but Bugs, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, getting you on the driver's seat, mate. And uh, you're doing some fantastic stuff in TCR. You and young Benny. It's great to see a father-son team. And hopefully uh, we can get Benny on the show at some point in time too. But uh, And hopefully we can get to a racetrack. But cheers for taking the call, mate. And well, he, he's... I'll tell, I'll tell you a little, a little. I'll give you an exclusive here. He's mm. in the other end of the house that my his, his girlfriend. Do you know who his girlfriend is? Have you blokes heard who his girlfriend is? No, no. He's, he's, he's dating Stephen Richards' daughter or Jim Richards' granddaughter. Which one do you want oh, to go with? Oh, really? So isn't oh, my no. world just a little bit weird? <laughs> wow, that's a wow. The only thing I will say to that, uh, Jason Bargwana, is. Just have a quiet word in his ear so that he doesn't post things like our good friend James Courtney at the moment and his lovely girlfriend because uh, yeah, well, okay. I'll, that's going to get you in trouble. Him. Yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah. But look, yeah. when we go to the big Christmas family lunch, we're going to be sitting at the big Christmas table and there's going to be like 17 Bathurst wins between us all. <laughs> at least I can contribute one and Jimmy's got 104 and, you know, yeah. and uh, Stephen's got about five, I think. So it's going to be a weird old sensation, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, that's oh, funny. Hey, imagine imagine the DNA of that. A Richards and a Barguana grandchild. <laughs> hey? Oh, yeah. Mate, you put that go straight to F1. Bugger supercars and TCR. Easy. They've only just started dating, right? <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Tiger. Easy. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Matty. But, uh, hey, Bugs, Correct. it's been a pleasure, mate. And uh, go well when we finally get to a racetrack. And uh, hopefully we'll chat to you soon. Well, hopefully, guys. And I'm really looking forward to getting that little Burst and Peugeot out. Um, having both of us out there at Bathurst, and I can't wait to see the fans back at the racetrack. And if that's the next race we do, well, I'll see you there, and let's go get the job done. It's very easy to spot that car. It's generally up the front with Burson Auto Parts on the side of it. So uh, good stuff, Bugs. We'll chat to you soon. Cheers. <laughs> Jason Bugwana there joins us. Our feature interview, thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional's choice. Jeez, Matty, you had me very worried when you were talking about <laughs> DNA and all that. Oh, <laughs> oh so, same. But you know what? Genuinely a good bloke. Yes. I love Bugs. He's as good he's as good out of the car as in the car. He's down to earth. Um got all the time for the fans in the in, in the world and he's oh, in fact I don't the only time I've ever seen Bugs really cranky I think was when he and Murphy came together at Phillip Island I think it was someone sent oh, someone that, into the wall and Yeah, Bugs went into the wall hard. It was right. wet I think. Yeah, Halfway yeah. down the and front I, straight. And, and Bugs was, you know, running up the pit trying to take Murphy out and people were trying to put a milk crate underneath him so I could reach him and <laughs> All that kind of stuff. So he's, he's a ripper guy. I do love Bugs. And great to have him back racing and great to see second generation in uh, in the young fella having a crack as well. Yeah, we've got a lot to get through on the driver's seat. We'll chat to Malcolm Owens in just a moment for the Classic Cars Corner. A uh, lot happening in Formula 1 with Danny Rick's win. The Bathurst Mega Card, obviously. We've got to chat about that. And we've got to get to your texts as well because they've been coming in thick and fast. Uh, and... I've got to filter a couple of those too. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you would, dear. yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, no, that's not good. <laughs> if you would like to text in, you can do so. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. You're listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota, shaping and building Australia. 
This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Uh, together, we are shaping and building Australia. Did you read that same text that I did, uh, Matty? Yes, I really did. <laughs> As Stephen Johnson returns to the studio from the kitchen. Uh, before, we, uh, before, I did. We, yeah, before we get to our classic cars, let's go through some of these texts because they're very funny. Well, let me just... Straight off, say, Lee, thank you for texting in. Uh, hey, guys, just tuned in. What have I missed out on? Question mark. Any burger jokes about Steve yet? No, Lee, but thank you. We'll kick that off a little Not later, yet. no doubt. He's looking, I was going to say lean and mean, but I think that's overstating it. But no, no burgers today. He's looking uh, mean yet, at Lee? you, I can tell you that. He's looking mean at me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But um, uh, we've also had that really annoying text message that everyone seems to be getting right now about our package being delayed in delivery. Oh, excellent. Thank oh, you. Yeah. yeah, we got one of those. Uh, here you get one on from the, DHL as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the tech, we just got one on the text machine. Yeah, I just so, saw that. Uh, there you go. Um, Michael, Michael, who we, we gave a bit of a backhander to last week about having a crack at Stevie J's. Uh, it was career. Joking. He was only mucking around. We love you, Michael. That's he texts right. in every week. You're come and man, introduce Michael. yourself, Michael, when you see me at the racetrack. Yeah, come and do that. Bring a burger. It'll be like Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Not a joke. Uh, Michael's text in. Evening, boys. I text last week's show bagging Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> yes, you did. And guess what happened? He ended up winning in Monza. Have a good show, boys. Text again and bag him. Yeah. <laughs> can you do me a favor? Can you text in a bag me so I can have a win maybe at some point in the future? I mean, it's long odds. Let's be fair, but you know, we'll give it a crack. Mate, he's going to get RSI right in that one. <laughs> Exactly. Um, uh, Where are we? Little Mac. Hey, Little Mac. Good to have you back again, mate. Uh, So huge news about six days of Bathurst in December. Yes, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. What class do you think will have the quickest lap time and then how fast will it be? Uh, And how good was it to see two Aussies win F1 and F2? Yes, Danny Ricciardo and Oscar Piastri on the weekend. Uh, Quickest. Gee, that's a really good question because there's going to be S5000, which is stated to be Australia's fastest uh, category, but there's also going to be G. And I know that a GT car mm. will do about a two-minute flat around there, 201, oh, maybe. Yep. So it'll be interesting. Well, it depends. I think they, they did end up – I think Van Gisbergen did a 201. Did a 201. Oh, sorry. Um, no, there was a 59 done by yeah. Chris Me- Christopher Meese. Chris Meese in the who Audi. Who was in the Audi, but That's that right. was on the Challenge Bathurst practice weekend, and it was with yes. all the restrictors taken out. So. That's right. So, uh, look, we don't know, but the, it could be the S5000s too because we've only seen one S5000 go around. <laughs> the circuit earlier this year in the hands of Braden, young Wilming, Braden Wilmington, Wilmington yeah. and it really wasn't opened up. So it's going to be really interesting, but it'll either be GT or S5000 Little Mac, and it'll be a low two, keep, I reckon, boys. Keep your texts coming in, 0433 Right now, though, it is time to slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Oh, we can see the Classic Cars and there. We always love getting in the Classic Cars <laughs> Corner with Malcolm Owens. And we welcome him back to the driver's seat. Malcolm, how are we going? Good evening. Very well. Gentlemen, how are you? <laughs> Mate, we're sensational. We're really good, thank you. Hey, thanks for coming back. Uh, I know you're in the midst can of... Can I beg you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, well, yeah. you do every day. Let's be fair. When you <laughs> ring me, I don't reckon in, in the in the six or seven years that uh, we've had a relationship, Malcolm, very few times do, do you actually ring and actually state my name. You call me some derogatory name straight off well, the that's bat. That's good. So, yeah, because he sees how much I cop, and you just yeah. sit there well, laughing it at it. Yeah, and he balances yeah, it off. Yeah, so he's on yeah. my side. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, well, I, I rang. I rang Matty today. I said one sentence. He laughed at me, called me an idiot, and hung up. <laughs> he did too. He really did too. And please, that sentence that you did say to me on the phone today, 
please do not repeat to that <laughs> because that will be after five years, the end of the driver's seat. <laughs> but we, we're going to talk tonight, big guy, <laughs> about oh, – and we'll talk about that off air later on. Uh, we are going to talk tonight about cars that I probably struggle with and they are not in the realms of classic just yet. And may they be classics in the future, you might be able to tell us. But we're going to talk – Electric cars, and I know that our audience all of a sudden go, but we're going to talk electric cars because there are some very cool ones, some not so great ones, and the question is, will they ever become classics? It's a very good question because it's really in three parts, and the three parts are around, are we going to be forced to have electric cars? Are we going to be mandated no longer to have classic cars or petrol guzzlers? And then the third point, as you mentioned, will they ever become classic? So if we start with the first one. So right now we know that we hear a lot of talk, you know, a lot of Twitter spear and, and Facebook stuff about governments mandating a change to electric vehicles within the next 20 to 30 years. And we've already seen this ads on TV with Volvo and there's Porsches and various other manufacturers that are changing over to electric only. So we're seeing massive PR campaigns about saving the planet and moving to zero emissions. And then we've seen this whole culture saying that classic car market is dead. Now, pride and joys will be turned into overpriced pieces of lawn art, which <laughs> clearly they won't. <laughs> so we, I guess we all understand that electric cars are the way of the future and the direction the car manufacturers are going. So that's fine. I mean, they're even talking about self-driving cars with the possibility of having a zero road toll because it's impossible to crash. And, I know that's a great target and we fully support that because we don't want people dying. But this isn't really about the debate on whether the merits of electric versus internal combustion. But with the fear mongers out there that are saying, you know, listening to Facebook and saying that it's gospel, that classics are going to be forced off the road. And I've had a lot of questions about that with people that are quite concerned about it, that have a classic and and want to be able to use it uh, into the future. So right now, Europe is mandating all, all new cars sold by 2030 will be electric. And that's really good. But that doesn't mean that the existing classic cars or near new cars or the 2025 cars must be scrapped. Of course not. And even if all manufacturers stop producing some uh, combustion engines, and I had to do a bit of research to find this out, including crate engines or replacement engines, they'd still be in use in 20 years. I mean, I've got 50-year-old cars that still have their original engines and going strong. Wow, And then there's a whole lot of arguments like, oh, replacement parts won't be available. But that's wrong. Because even if we discount all the car salvage businesses and the new old stock parts, business will pop up manufacturing parts um, to the original specifications. And we hear mm-hmm. about it when we're, we're listening to radio, watching TV, where they talk about repo or repop, reproduction parts. And cars like the MGB, for example, you could buy every single part and build a new one from the ground up if you wanted to. Yeah. And they only make the parts for seven odd, seven odd years. So um, classic cars also is a billion dollar business worldwide. And um, so they're not, and then it's not going to turn that off. And they're not just going to turn off the petrol pumps. I mean, mm. you're probably not going to see scenes like Mad Max where on the highways, like hunting for fuel, killing people <laughs> to fill up your jerry can. You know? Not right. <laughs> yeah. Not, not just yet. I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. So, Um, There's a couple of interesting things like, can we convert classic cars to electric? Well, the answer is yes. There are conversion kits out there and there's actually more companies. I did a Google search on it yesterday and there's more companies just in Melbourne and Australia doing it than I actually thought there were. But um, 
Yeah, it, it's surprising. So there's things like uh, old Volkswagen Beetles and a few Mustangs kicking around with uh, with electric power and a few Porsches as well. Um, although Porsche's making a very, very nice electric The um, best electric car, car i got to say. The only electric car that I would own, i got to tell you. We'll talk about yeah. it a little bit later on. Like I'm right with I'm right with you there, but um, often we hear about survivor cars, matching number cars. So if we're going to pull the engine out and replace it, it's going to devalue the car from an originality spec. So I mean, even in um, like in um, Paris and in Berlin, they've banned cars older than 1997 from driving in the city. Wow! But then the ne- the very next thing they did was made an exception for classic cars 30 years or older. <laughs> and, and look, Malcolm, I, I, I respect everyone's political opinions and the future of the planet and all that sort of stuff. But when they did that, did the tree huggers go mental? Did they all? Yeah, they they did. yeah right. Okay. Good. But if you've got a 30 year old car, often those are so, so loved that they're so efficient, you know, in, in, in the way in the way that they're, they're kept. And so they run a lot better. And what they're trying to get rid of is, is the dude in the 20-year-old or 15-year-old Commodore that's blowing smoke and leaking yeah. more oil than, you know, than, um, than practical on the roads. And let's, let's quickly talk about Australia. Cause, um, I thought you were going to say the Exxon Valdez get... then. <laughs> I was, but I pulled it <laughs> I couldn't remember whether you guys were sponsored by a petrol company or not. Well, one of us might be, but the other one is not. <laughs> oh. Hey, before you get onto that, Malcolm, I did want to just yeah. quickly go back to what you were saying about the reproduction of some of those parts. And you're absolutely right because we've got a, a 69 um, Boss Mustang in our little Team Johnson speed shop at the moment that we're we're building for a customer. And you, like you can literally buy a brand new 69 body shell ready to go like brand spanking new and so you can get all these parts for like it's it's amazing what you can get obviously you know new parts and a lot of them are always or a lot of them are actually the original um pressing from the manufacturer that they've actually got from the manufacturer so they're as good as what they were back when they started making them in 69. and some of them are actually better because some of the integrity of the metal used is so much better than what they were using 50 or 60 mm. years ago Yep. You think you can buy whole new frames for cars, and um, so yeah, often they come out if they've been completely rebuilt. And and usually, if you're doing that, it's more of a a, a modification as well. So you're usually upgrading yep. the, the power plant and that sort of stuff. So a retro mod, and mm. these are better quality. So the question I was going to ask you, fine gentlemen, is with the uptake of electric cars being pretty exciting, and everyone's talking about it, what do you reckon the uptake of Australia? In Australia, classic of of um, electric cars is. Oh, at the uptake as in a as percentage. In a percentage yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I give would you, have, I'll give you. I would have said two point five of the total market. Well, USA and most of Europe is at ten percent. Mm. Norway's at seventy percent. Wow! Wow! So, what do you what, what do you reckon, Stevie J? Well, I, I reckon, I reckon. One percent, one percent in Australia. Yeah. So you're one percent, and I'm two point five percent. Yeah, well, you've summon at Steve is the closest with eight point seven percent. Yeah, and that was in 2020. And in the last decade, only twenty thousand EVs have been sold in Australia. So you compare that to the the hype that's happening around, and it's such a such a small percentage. But if you think about Australia, Australians love their V8s. They love yes. the power. They love the smell. And also, if you're buying a classic car, you're not buying it to 
convert to a silent car. You want the rumble, you want the, the smell of it, you want the sound, you want that, and that's a really big part. And here, here's another really interesting thing. Around the world, a lot of governments are making a really big um, incentives and rebates for people who buy electric cars. Not Australia, no. We're going to tax people 2.5 cents per kilometre if they've got an electric car and two cents per kilometre if they've got a hybrid because wow. the governments are thinking they're losing out on their um, on their taxes. Isn't that full on? So, I, I, there's one thing I've got to say. Um, there's probably one thing I've got to ask is, you know, we come from a land and, a, and a, an industry where probably maybe 10 years ago, maybe not necessarily now, Mal, but win on Sunday sell on Monday was the the catch cry for manufacturers and sponsors for years and years and years. I mean, I just don't think that with Formula E, and I know it's getting more and more popular, but I don't think you see someone win on Sunday in a Formula E car, then run out and buy a Prius or a Tesla. I don't think it has that effect yet globally, let alone here in Australia. Look, I, I think it'll get there. And, you remember, it wasn't that long ago that if you had a classic car that didn't have a chrome bumper, people thought, no, nah, it's not a real classic. Yeah. But obviously, as we've moved into the future in the 80s and 90s cars, I mean, the XD Falcon at the start was, you know, people hated that. It was a plastic box. Yeah. Now you look at a really nice XD and you go, well, that, that's pretty cool. It doesn't have to have plastic bumpers. So as electric cars become more prevalent, I think the designs will improve, the quality will improve, the performance will improve. So I think people will buy them for their own merits, not just to be a, um, a hippie. And I reckon what will happen also in 20-odd um, you know, years is people will be buying electric cars and they'll be swapping out the historic dinosaur batteries and plants and putting something lighter, more official and, and efficient and powerful. So that'll be actually the new Resto mod is upgrading the, the electrics. But I think... Um, I can see us all driving an electric car in the next 10 to 15 years, but won't it be great to go home, open the garage and turn the key on Grandpa's 2017 Mustang and hear the burble of a big five litre? (laughs) That would be so cool. But I've got to tell you, Mel, this subject has struck a chord with our listeners. We've already had probably four or five texts come in. One of them saying, and it, it absolutely agrees with what you're saying, international combustion engines are dead. Watch this space. Ten years from now, no one is going to want to put petrol in the car. It's that antiquated, and it's the worst technology, and simply cars have now become tech. The big tech companies know that this is a $25 trillion space. The legacy automaker, the, the legacy automakers will not survive. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's clearly, I think, Stevie J and Nimsy and Mel, it is what's going to happen going forward. Another one, for better or for worse, electric is in the future. Once I've finished my green stuff, uh, Green's Tough tribute, we will, all be, uh, we will be all attempting to build a twin Tesla-powered all-wheel drive 32 Ford. It's all still hot-rodding. So there you go. Yeah. People are starting to hot-rod into electric. And what about one here from Ben from Dolby? I think it's perfect. It says here, I think Jay Leno put it best years ago. When the car first came out, it was a saviour for, for the horse. And the electric cars will be the saviour for our classic cars. But the thing yeah. with that is that we've still got horses here. So we're still going to have classic cars yeah, here. Yeah, good point. You good know? point. And, good and point. you're still going to have that, collector, that collectible car that people want. From in a hundred years' time, you know yep. what I mean. So yep. it's still going to be here, but absolutely, it is. You know, that's what's going to happen in the future. It is. Yep. It will all be electric. In the meantime, I'm just going to stick with my diesel. I love my diesel. 
now. Now that, now, now that my Mustang's gone, I love my diesel car. <laughs> 950 k's I got to the tank, mind, mind you. I reckon we could get our listeners to, to message in, Mal. What do you think? And I reckon they could almost guess what type of diesel car Matthew drives <laughs> as a real estate as a real estate agent now in a hippie upmarket part of the Gold Coast. So text in what you think Matthew drives as his car now, everybody, that he's upgraded from a Mustang. Oh, and, here and we go. We'll eliminate uh, Subaru Forester as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah And no. Peugeots. No Peugeots No, anymore. no Peugeots, no, no Foresters. No Peugeots. <laughs> no. But uh, it's an interesting topic because, you know, they're saying yeah. that, you know, it, it's – is the cost of petrol going to go up or down in the future? Is it going to go down because there's going to be so much of it because only like 10% of cars are using it? Or is it going to become you have to go to a special place? Is it, is it going to invert? So where now you've got to go to a special place to try and to fill up with the uh, plug in the electric cars? Is it going to be the opposite? Mm. There might only be five or six fuel stations in a, in a, in a city. And that would probably be right because people would be quite happy to, to make the, the trek to get that, I think. But... I think they're far from dead, so that we've got a, we've got a long way to go yet before um, you're uh, you're burying your, your classics in the in landfill. Well, well boys, the yeah. only electric car I'm going to be driving, and and audience, you can hear it now. The only electric car I will ever drive, or ever purchase, will be a Porsche Taycan. Taycan, Taycan, Taycan. You're a Porsche guy, Taycan, 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 because they are mint, and that is the only thing I'll ever drive. You will never see me own a Prius, or a Tesla, or a I don't know. You E-Pace. haven't seen you haven't seen the new Audi coming out. Oh, it'd have, good. Good. it'd have to be good. It'd have to be good to be the take It's the same mob that make the Porsche, mate. So. Oh, well, I know, but it'd have to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you, Malcolm. No worries, gentlemen. As always, a pleasure. and look forward to catching up with you soon. I look forward thing. to thank your you, phone mate. call tomorrow when yeah. you call me tomorrow's name. <laughs> I'm going to ring you on the way home, Mal, and get the gist on this on this sentence. Uh, the gist? Or, yeah. The gist? Yeah. You mean the gist or the gist? No, well, it's, it's, it's the gist, It's mate. late, Just mate. stop talking. It's the gist. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Malcolm, I'm so glad that you're the voice of reason sometimes. <laughs> it's not, it's not That's to... frightening. If I'm the voice of reason, <laughs> All right, it is time to slide close the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. That was the Classic Cars Corner. For Kubota. Building Australia. Swear to God, I feel like your dad sometimes, boys. Could you stop fighting when we have <laughs> yeah, guests? Yeah, no, you just want to go and bang our heads together, right? Did someone say KFC? I don't care. <laughs> I love it. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. We'll get to your texts. Actually, we'll get to some texts first. <laughs> oh, we got to. It's very interactive. I'm just going to go quiet here. We got to. We got to. Uh, where do you want me to start? I'll um, I'll start with uh, Greg. Greg, uh, Merc SUV. Is that what Maddie drives? <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. All right. So Tommy, Tommy from Hobart. Tommy. Uh, a dollar and one. It's a BMW X5. <laughs> no, that's not right, Tommy. I'm sorry. Uh, ben from Dolby. A Porsche. McCann Turbo Diesel for Matt's new car. And uh, there we go. <laughs> ben from Dolby has got it ben. on the money. We will, send you, we will send you a Don's Footy Franks pack. And what, what else have we got in the prize cupboard? Have we got anything in the prize cupboard there, Nimsy? Do we have a prize cupboard down in it? Well, we know there's no Big Macs because I've eaten them all. Well, that's true. <laughs> hey, you're the first uh, burger gag of the evening for yep. Stevie J. There you go. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I can tell you one thing that's in that cupboard. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash. All right? Cash, no. Robbo, 
No cash. No Thank you, dear Michael Caruso, for jumping on board for that one. <laughs> a little bit like when I service my new car, because that's what's going to happen after the first no service. No cash. No cash here. <laughs> right now, it is time for our Bendix Brakes Big Moment. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes Big Moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes. Yeah, Bendix Brakes Australian technology for all weather confident braking. This was the announcement this morning that absolutely rocked Australian motorsport in a good way too because it was confirmed that Supercars and ARG have joined forces to stage the biggest motorsport event ever in Australia under the banner of the Repco Bathurst 1000. Now, this has a lot of meanings because the inaugural running of the Super Cheap Auto Bathurst International, which was meant to be November 26th to 28th, has been cancelled So anyone who has purchased tickets or campsite to that will be refunded. And it's all going to be under the coffers of the Repco Bathurst 1000. What do you think of these news, boys? Because you're both going to be there at the 1000. Well, we hope so. Yeah. We hope so, because it's going to be going nimsy, essentially. The way, I, the way I read it, and remember we broke this story that this was going to happen a couple of weeks ago, um, but then it was, it was we reported that it had been kiboshed because of the two sponsors uh, couldn't get their act together and wouldn't work together. But now, as I as I just go back a little bit, Nimsy, it, there's never been a clearer indication that supercars is being bought by ARG, is there? So ARG and TLA, that deal is done, um, and and this is the first indication that or we can play in the same sandbox altogether. So I think we're going to be, as in the, the ARG categories, Nimsy and Steve, I think we're going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. Supercars are going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I think there is a little – in that Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the 1,000 designated event, I think there's going to be a smattering of ARG products, maybe an S5000, maybe a, maybe a TCM, maybe a TCR. Won't be a TCR. Won't be TCR? Nah. Um, not, why be this, yeah. Mainly because of super the cheap super, and, cheap and, super cheap and Repco. And Repco, absolutely. Right. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So we might see TCM. Possibly. We, we may see S5000. I haven't been told, Nimsy and Steve, whether they're going to have a Trans Am event on the, uh, during that, that official part of the 1000 weekend, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, it says it was, uh, uh, Trans Am's listed as one of the categories on the uh, Well, we're going to be, well, we're, we're all, yeah, we are all listed to be there, Nimsy, and some, I mean, mega categories. If you look at. But also Toyota 86, Toyota 86. Porsche Carrera Cup, you yep. know. It's Dunlop Super 2 and Super 3. Super 2 and 3, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it is an extravaganza. There is no doubt. So if. if plethora. The, a, pl- a plethora. Good word. Put that on the board. Word of the day, plethora. If. The borders are open, gents, and you can camp there and there's going to be a crowd there. How good is that going to be? You're going to be able to bomb up to Bathurst or down to Bathurst or across to Bathurst um, on Sunday, Monday, whatever. Get your campsite. God, I hope this happens. Get your campsite. And then from Tuesday to Sunday, we're racing. We're going racing for six days. how messy they are going to be camping there? And then get to Saturday, Sunday. It's messy <laughs> enough sleep. For, for three to four days, <laughs> let alone six plus. Well, all I can tell you, boys, is that I got the inside that this was happening a few days ago, and I tried to book some accommodation because we're going to have a bit of a Kubota thing up there. Uh, tried to book some accommodation, and none of the local accommodation Airbnb houses would take the booking. They were waiting for this announcement, and one lady actually came back to me. The fee, I think, Nimsy, for three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the 1000 for a house with four bedrooms was 1500 bucks. Um she didn't accept the booking that we put through, and she came back with the new price, $4,900. Wow. Three nights. That's cool. Telling me. Dream. 
Well, <laughs> well yeah. that's exactly right. That's such a pro- I hate that. That's yeah, such that's a huge price, price gouge. gouge. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we didn't book there, but we did book somewhere else in a hotel mm. with a bar and a pub, and that's where you'll find the Kubota boys mm. and girls. Um, so, look, it's mega. Nimsy, I think it's um, – Might go on f- State Orange if it's going to be like that. You might have to. Mm. Team Kubota is looking at camping, mm. the rest of Team Kubota. So we'll see how we go. Um, but really, Nimsy, to me, the standout thing um, is that we're going to have – this is the first indication to me of the new world order of supercars, new ownership, that, that TLA and ARG will play together at certain points throughout the, throughout the season, next year particularly, um, and that, that you may go to a supercars event and you may see – an S5000 race, or you may see a Trans Am race, or you may see a Touring Car Masters race, or you may see a uh, whatever a Porsche Cup Challenge race or something of that nature, or a GT race, which is now what ARG own as well. So, I, I, look, I think it's fantastic. And our good mate Tommy from Toowoomba has chimed in with 10 categories over six days. It's going to be a very busy paddock. You're not wrong, Tommy. It's going to be exceptionally busy and also a very tight time schedule on track. So if you have a monster shunt and, you know, day one we start to lose track time, it's going to be very interesting for the officials to try and work out. But hopefully we're double vaxxed, we'll all be there, and we get to go racing again at the end of November, start of December. Yep, um, and obviously this will replace the cancelled Gold Coast uh, 500, not 600. Yes, but, uh, Maddie's schoolies got a, for adults, gone again. Maddie's got a bit of news about uh, the calendar, but we'll do that in yeah. our Burson off-the-track update. We'll do that next right here on the driver's seat. That was our Bendix Brakes big moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. Back with more right after this. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. You are listening to The Driver's Seat. Thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Right now, it is time for this. And now, it's The Driver's Seat off the track update. Thanks to Burson Auto Parts. Burson, we know auto parts. Yeah, for Burson Auto Parts celebrating 50 years, this is our off-the-track update, the segment where you can hear it first then probably <laughs> read about it tomorrow morning. <laughs> I mean, let's... Am I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong, everyone? Well, no, you, look, you aren't wrong, and we've been doing this. I think past this... experience, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're bang on then. We're <laughs> about... This is, what, third week of the Burson Off-Track updates, yep, I think? Correct. And so in the first week, we broke it that there was going to be the six-day extravaganza at uh, Bathurst. In the second week... Uh, you can go online and you can say that we were talking about uh, Nick Percat possibly being on the march. And we, we and I suggested it was this. You are fake news. <laughs> and we weren't fake news. <laughs> so I did speak to Nick, by the way, after that. And, you know, there were lots of non-disclosure statements signed and this, that and the other thing. So he couldn't really talk about it. But um, so, two, so two things this week, and I think it's going to be announced. Firstly, I think Nick will be off to WAU. I think that's pretty well um, thought about. There's still seats available at Tickford, but I do think he's going to WAU. So we'll wait for that to be announced, which will be a bit of a coming home for Nick. But the the thing that we're going to talk about this week, Nimsy, and you'll probably read about it in the next 24 hours, as you mentioned on mm-hmm. Auto Fiction and Fast Deli, is that we have a calendar. We do have a calendar, uh, as much as we can have a calendar with this uh, awful COVID thing going on. So... We will see racing again before we get to Bathurst. Obviously, the Bathurst extravaganza has been announced. But, boys, I can tell you this. We will have, at this stage, four more rounds to be raced in the Supercars Championship, and then Bathurst will be the final round. 
the next round we will see of racing. I do believe these are the correct dates. I stand to be corrected, but it's certainly happening sometime in these months. But grab your pen, grab your pencil, grab your diary, because here we go. We will go racing again on the 23rd and 24th of October. So still over a month away. Uh, that will be at Queensland Raceway, and it will be a daytime race. One week later, on the 30th and the 31st of October, we will be going racing at QR again in a nighttime race. They're going to light it up. They're grabbing all the coats, highlights from around the joint, and they're going to go and light it up, which will be really cool because with the with the southeast corner of Queensland missing out on the Gold Coast 600 two years in a row, they will now actually be able to go out to a circuit for two weekends in a row and watch supercars action, which is so, pretty cool. So both races, second weekend under lights? Second week under lights, I believe, yes. And you will see... So not Saturday night and then Sunday? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Details but, yet to be. But yeah. but either way, there'll be a night race on yep. Saturday night. Cool. Uh, probably not Sunday night. I, I can't imagine that happening. But probably action on Friday night and Saturday night, I mm-hmm. should imagine. Um, you also may see Aussie tin tops back there, and you may see stadium trucks there as well the across those trucks. weekends. The jumpy trucks are back, and no, I'm still not racing one. Um, yeah, we will then not allowed. He's <laughs> still not allowed. We will then have a break, and then New South Wales at what hopefully will be a COVID double-vaxxed event. Like, if you've double-vaxxed, you're going to hopefully be able to get in. Um, remembering that all the teams in the drivers travel as a bubble. And, of course, from here we go to Bathurst. So 13th to 14th of November, day race at Sydney Motorsport Park. 20th to 21st of November, night racing at Sydney Motorsport Park. We're then going to take a break for a week and we're all going to head to Bathurst and that's the week of the, uh, what is it? I think it's the second through to uh, second, third, fourth. So I don't know, 30th or whatever it is. Of, the 30th, uh, 30th of fifth, November. Yeah, to the 5th. So yep. which will be that ARG extravaganza. So uh, we will get to see some racing again, folks. Queensland Raceway, Sydney Motorsport Park, back-to-back rounds, day races, night races. But we're still, what's that, six weeks away from it, five weeks away from it? So... Um, we still need to be a little bit patient. And, of course, those dates are yet to be confirmed because of of, uh, of borders and COVID rates and vaccination rates and this, that and the other thing. But the Bathurst event, there is a clear indication from the sources that I'm getting that they want crowds there, Stevie J. They want campers. They want crowds. So what about some other categories at Sydney Motorsport Park? Quite possibly. Not confirmed yet. There, there, There is weird talk again with this ARG thing. I'm hearing the same. Yeah, hearing the same that yep. you may be there, that yep. I may be there. Yep, I'm hearing the same. Um, that, that's yeah. That's a. There's so many possibilities, and that's a possibility. Yes, you know what I mean. At the end yes. of the day, we no, we don't know, really. Yeah, it's just just yeah, obviously the parts are just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And they are constantly moving, and I and I you know big big thumbs up to ARG and supercars that. Um, uh, they're trying to make us all be able to race. They're trying to make it happen. So I think um, as Stevie J subtly lifts up the set. What? Thank Mate, you. Was, Thanks for doing that. It was so low. I couldn't even reach my mic and I was getting a bad back. That was an OH&S issue. Boy, oh boy. You can raise the, the uh, what would you call it, the desk? The desk. Here in the uh, yeah, studio. That, you can Stevie watch J it on just podcast that. later because Nimsy's going to put that up. My microphone just hit me in the forehead if you uh, don't mind. Anyway, so Can't look, folks, it. we're <laughs> it's a five head now, not a forehead. Um, we will be going racing again and it looks so like Queensland Raceway for all of us.
of our Queensland fans and Sydney Motorsport Park. Maybe a combination of ARG categories as well. Uh, and then as we head on to Bathurst. So let's wait to see whether that gets confirmed and those dates on any of the major national publications in the next three or four days. Strap yourselves in, everybody, for a plethora of racing for the last six weeks of the year. Yeah, plethora. That's a double. He's gone the double plethora, folks. I've had two coffees. Can you spell it for me live on air? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes P Lethera. P Lethera. P Lethera. Yeah. Correct. E R A. Uh, so there you go. The Burst and Off Track update, Nimsy. We have a calendar. Should be good to see. Uh, I'll look forward to reading it on Fast Deli tomorrow morning. Um, <laughs> that, that was our Off the Track update for Burst and Auto Parts. Known for first class knowledge and service. We'll be back with more of the driver's seat as we uh, talk about some Formula One. We'll do that next. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. And make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Driver's Seat Show. And you can download the all-new Driver's Seat app with podcasts, interviews, news, and videos. It is a must for all motorsport fans. And I'm sure every Aussie motorsport fan woke up on Monday morning to the glorious news of this happening. He left Red Bull, he went to Renault, he's gone to McLaren, he's going to get the victory now. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Lando Norris comes home to make it a 1-2 for the men from Woking. Sergio Perez comes home to take third on the road, start the celebrations for McLaren. Ricardo's done it. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> he won! How good is that? So, <laughs> so good. So good. And I might say, Nimsy and Steve, the first race in probably three years I've watched from start to finish. Normally, no, it, nor- yeah, it is. Normally I watch it in the morning. You watched a few at the start of this year that were cracking. Not and you to, told not, me. Yeah, I did. Not start to finish, though. Oh, I watched the first five laps. I fall You're asleep and then I get up. No, click, no, no. Click no. now trying to make this no, sound no. better. Mrs. Mack will text in. <laughs> she will chime in. She will tell you that I kept her... I kept her awake until one o'clock in the morning. That hasn't happened, that hasn't happened in a while. Uh, so it it was sensational, and she he was, was strong. strong because I was hanging outside waiting for you to go to sleep. <laughs> David Johnson, um, he's here all week, folks. Try the veal. Um, one of the best races, really strong race from from McLaren's all weekend. Mm. That start, the strategy, it was a sprint race format. Um, the shunt between uh, Verstappen and and Hamilton, it was one of the best races I've seen in two to three years, Stevie Joe. It's um, it was just, and it wasn't a fluke. I mean, I know Hamilton was fast, Bottas was fast, but he sort of, you know, he was on a different tire strategy. He came from the back, so he was obviously fast. But he, once he got to um, got into P four there, and um, he he really couldn't do much about Perez. You know, he had a couple of goes at no. him. Hamilton was doing a great job. He passed Lando, so he was probably on for a, you know, maybe a P2. What have he got, Daniel? We don't know. But, like, he was super, like, and he set the fastest lap on the last lap of the race. Let's just remember that. So he had a little bit left in the tank. That's did our Dan. That's what I like. You know, and both him and Lando must have had the same thought. They go, all right, I'm going to show each mm. each of each other. Yeah. All right, let's see what we got here. Dial up the engine. You know, and um, and they've both gone for the fast slap. Dan got it by a tenth, tenth and a half How over good. Lando. But it was just so good. So good to see him 
back to form too. You know, yep. good confidence boost. He's outwardly admitted that the issue that he has had with that car, the majority of the issue, yeah, is the, the braking. the braking. Yeah. And if Monza ain't a braking track, oh, absolutely. I don't know yeah. what is. He's on top of it now. So He's that's on top super. Of it now. But super. I, I was talking to a couple of the guys um, over at SEN in Perth during the week, and um, I think they asked me whether it was, is this Dan? Is Dan back? I, I, the jury's still out for me. I still need to see him competitively, comp- more consistently competitive against lovely Lando mm. than just one race. Yep. Like, he, you know, this weekend, there's no doubt he absolutely put it all together, but I'd like to see him uh, really confident against Lando in the in the coming races. If he can be as quick, just a little bit off or just a little bit ahead, then I'll say, yep, Dan's back and he's on top of the car. Mm. Now they can develop the car forward. Well, they don't need to because they're going to the new rules, but he's going to take into 2022 a level of confidence that he's not underdone with his teammate, that he's actually starting on a blank page and mm-hmm. he can he can actually do it. One thing I am interested in asking you, CBJ, because you are a regular DSO, Driver Standards Officer, um, drive-through Johnson, as we call you. Um, the, the shunt between... Catlight reactions from Stevie J. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? Especially at the end of a race week. That was weekend, me in there. <laughs> he's over there. If that like. was me in there, there would not have been an incident. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but that in, never happened in your in, career. How, how'd you go? In, gone, yep. and see you later. Tell me, give me your you're the you're the way more experienced and successful driver of this radio duo trio. Um, you're also a very competent, well sought after, in demand DSO around Australia, driver standards officer. Who's at fault? Max? I'm not an officer. It's a DSA. DSA. Advisor. Advisor. DSA. Sorry. Not DSO. DSA. Um, who's at fault? Max or Lewis? Begin. Begin. Well, if you – and I don't know. I haven't read the driving standards rule book for Formula One, right? So I don't know what they've got. You know, each category – and I've got my own interpretation and my own written set of rules that I like to go off. Um, for example uh, – we used to have quite a big issue with if somebody, if there is any overlap, the car in front must give way and give that car room, right? So up to the up to the A pillar. No, 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 no. Anywhere, initially, anywhere, right? So you know, in Carrera Cup for for a couple of years, we had guys uh, whinging that they got you know escorted or driven off the road, and they maybe had two or three or four inches of overlap, right? So. And within the rule book at that time, yeah, they had overlapped. So they, they warranted the car on the inside to give them room on the outside, and they didn't. So then you have to penalise, and I think it's a bit unfair. Yep. So I rewrote that rule a little bit to suit what I think was fair. Now, I think what, what I think is fair with the rules that I run with is if you want to go around the outside and have a, have a good crack, no problem. You need to get to a certain point, um, and I'm talking at least a half a car overlap, right? So I'm talking front wheel quite a bit in front of the rear wheel for that car in front to then have to relinquish room on the outside and give you room. If you're just hovering around the back wheel of that car and you're on the outside, if you want to stay there, you cop the consequences, whether they drive you off or not, that's your risk. Right. Okay. So with my rules and the way that I look at it and the way that I think, you know, Max had done... He'd got squeezed, and I'm not worried about Lewis moving out from pit lane. And I've got another theory on how this whole thing could have been much easier and probably not even happened, but I'll go to that in the end. Um, Lewis moved out from pit lane, which is quite 
allowed to do after the white line gave Max room on the outside. Yeah, Max had to go a little bit onto that that green concrete part on the on the mm-hmm. left, which mm-hmm. I think is fine. Um, if you actually have a look at Max, he's his front wheel is not that far behind Lewis's front wheel, so yeah. he had a lot, had a lot of, overlap. of overlap. Yeah, by the time and, and he was and he was at that point when he had four wheels on the track, mm. right? So mm. he was the whole car was within was the white in that line, corner. right? They were in that corner, and he had that much overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, obviously, that gap diminished pretty quickly. Yep, Lewis started to squeeze. Lewis started to squeeze. Max had to go off track to try to miss it. Max still had two wheels on the track. Remembering his right-hand side wheels were on the white line. Yep. So he's still classified as being on the track because the white line's on the track. And then obviously what his what happened is he clipped the curb. Then his right rear wheel tripped over Lewis's uh, left rear wheel, mm-hmm. and you know consequently landed on on his head. So, um, so I think that in my opinion, Lewis probably should have given more room. And, and you know what? In the end. We saw guys on the start. We saw guys through the race when they block uh, to the inside. You know, Bottas tried it on uh, yeah, Perez. A of times he went around the outside, yeah. and then Perez gave him room for turn two. That's right. And Perez still come out in the lead because you get that momentum off the outside of the corner. Yep. Max would have had to hold it that tight for the apex of turn two. He wouldn't have got the run out, and Lewis would have still been in the lead. So, um, I think for Lewis's benefit, he should have given more room, but. As a penalty, I don't. It's like a very fifty-fifty. I don't think you could blame one guy more than the other. I think racing you would incident end up running a racing incident. But if they extended the white line from the pit you, all the way that. down to turn yep. one into a blend line, into a blend line all yep. the way down, so Lewis couldn't even move out, yep. we probably wouldn't even be here talking about the incident. But then we also wouldn't also have lots of passing opportunities in that corner if that took that away. Uh, Dean, thank you for texting in, mate. Whoever invented the halo, which is that protective covering around the cockpit, saved Lewis Hamilton from certain yep. death. He is a lucky guy. You're dead set. You're dead right on there, Dino. We're a very lucky guy. We're a very lucky industry. And everyone didn't that, want it at the start. Can that's you right. They that? all looked rubbish and the, and everyone thinks the indie one looks a bit rubbish, the, the protector screen. But boy, oh boy, aren't we glad we have him now because we would have well, lost a seven-time champion. You're had, dead right, Dean. We've had two incidents where that the mm. halo is basically. How do of, we do without it? How yeah. do we do without hands, devices, and halos? Yeah, crazy stuff. Unbelievable. There, well um, done. Uh, but that 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 little photo meme of Lewis that came out through the week was quite funny, though. With his head all scuffed up on a tire. With his <laughs> with a tire tread down the middle of his head. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Saw all the photos you know from what? Lewis at the Met Gala. Only, Did you see that? Yeah, oh, don't My even goodness, don't even get me on that. But you know, we can only laugh about that now because of the halo protecting him. <laughs> you're getting you're getting music off. Mate. I know. We got to finish. <laughs> Uh, Formula One heads next to Sochi for the Russian Grand Prix on September 24th to 26th. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. We'll be back with more right after this. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. And I'll tell you what, we got to mention Tommy in Toowoomba. But, Matty, give me... There we go. Thank you very much. No worries. Uh, don't forget to mention young Oscar Piastri also won on Sunday at Monza in the F2. So it was a real Aussie domination we did. on Sunday. We did. We talked about him a little earlier. Well, we didn't talk about it. We just mentioned him in a text, Tommy. But hey, Tommy, we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him that he may go to Alfa Romeo, that he may uh, be partnering up with Valtteri Bottas Valtteri. in Alfa oh, next year. Who, Oscar will or Valtteri yeah, will? Oscar, Oscar. Smoke him. <laughs>
<laughs> Smoke. Put, put 50 on on your local sports bet, folks. Um, see you, Valtteri. As Go always, sauna. As always, gamble responsibly if uh, gambling is an issue for you yeah, or absolutely. your friends. 1-800-858-858. Let's get a quick silly season update because <laughs> there is a big old domino effect. Uh, you announced last week, you broke the story, that uh, Nick Perkat will be leaving Brad Jones Racing at the end of the season. Andre Heimgartner will be filling said seat. He'll be joining BJR. And yep. the, guy, the guys have previous history. Andre actually got an enduro gig. Who was he filling in for? Was it uh, Ash, uh, Ash, for Walsh. Ash Walsh? Ash Walsh, yeah. who helicoptered a, yeah, that, a Brabham at the end of the straight at Phillip Island. Massive crash. Yeah, it was Brabham. a plane crash. At the Not end. his fault, no, mind no, you. No, it literally no, no, no. took off. Yes. It did a Mark Webber. It fully did a Mark Webber. It took off on him. Mm. Uh, it, uh, it's bad that you mentioned Mark Webber and all I can think it was a barbecue. But... Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I haven't had you dinner idiot. yet. <laughs> um, but, um, but um, yeah, now that drive with, uh, with BJR back in 2017 pretty much gave Andre an in back into supercars because it was after that performance where he got a podium. He yep. managed to snag a drive re- replacing Todd Kelly at Nissan Motorsport, which was, mm-hmm. of course... Kelly Racing, but uh, yeah, what, what do you reckon of this move, boys? Oh, look, it's an interesting one. I, I don't know. I, because do you when, think when, it's been? Sorry, man. Do you think it's been a a bit of a almost a godsend for him? Because do you think his Nick? No, as in I'm as gonna. in Andre. Because I can't see how you know that would have well, that wouldn't have happened, obviously, without Nick leaving. But you know, it wasn't that long ago. You know, did Andre get the Tijuana Brass before Nick left, and then picked up the pieces as soon as he heard about Nick. Or I don't, I don't know the timing. I don't mm. know the timeline of how it happened. I, I just get the feeling that it was one of those weird circumstances that um, it all happened at the same sort of time. I think Heimgartner left KGR because I, I get the feeling there's a bit of a personality clash going. I think there's a loyalty thing going on. He's very loyal to the Kellys. And the the new, as often happens when new management comes in, they change a bunch of stuff and he may not have had the right feeling. That is pure circumspect. I, I don't I don't know. That's just waffle and and, and, th- and thought. Um, mm-hmm. There's no fact based in that. I don't think he left. I think you he... think he got the brass. Yeah. Okay. And then um, uh, and then with Nick, um, I think uh, there is trying, cash. I'm just there trying. Is to, cash I'm just trying here. to work out how to say it because. Nick's a great mate of mine. It was his birthday yesterday too. Happy birthday, Nick. And and um, uh, I just think there was – let me just put it this way. I think there was an offer too good to refuse to the team where he's going. And, you know, Nick in many ways is the same, is the same as Brad. And they just sat down and, and Nick went, mate, I've had an offer. I think it's a good offer. I think I have to go. And Brad kind of said, well, if you don't want to be here, mate, we don't want you here. Bottom line. And why would you? That's the Erebus thought. If you don't want to be here, why be here? So, I mean, I'm, I'm congratulatory to those two parties for being able to work it through. Um, uh, they will compete for the rest of the year, hopefully. I'm sure it'll be a bit frosty and debriefs and Nick won't get all the Hollywood stuff. In fact, you may see one of his teammates do a better job or seem to get better results in the second half of this year. We'll have to wait and see. Just mark my word on that one. We, we might have to replay that one, Nimsy, as time goes on. Because someone might all of a sudden have the we've Hollywood never seen uprights. That before. <laughs> yeah, no, never. Someone will have the Hollywood uprights and all the all the Ripper brand new kit, and somebody won't. So we'll have to see what goes on there. Um, uh, yeah, there's just the music. A, there's there's the music. <laughs> Hurry up, buddy. Yeah, the the only seats we've got left now, Nimsy, really is is Tickford. 
We just have to see what goes on at Tickford. Because mm, um, yeah. if he is going to WAU, which I think he is, that leaves Bryce Courtney. Bryce Courtney? Oh, Bryce, Bryce Forward. <laughs> Bryce Forward um, maybe going to Tickford, I believe. And we still don't know what our mate Chris Pith is going to do with all of his Coke money. Mm. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola money. money. We, always need to, <laughs> <laughs> we always need to point out that when we say Coke money, it's from Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola Amatil, and he's not like a Colombian There's drug good lord. money in Coca-Cola. <laughs> yes. Mm. <Jeez>. So, <laughs> I guess it's, it is like a drug, isn't it? You could call Coca-Cola a drug almost. Well, I'm addicted to no sugar. You are? Absolutely. Yep. Coke, no sugar, four or five of those a day. Yep. So is my old man, but unfortunately he's got Jim Beam in it as well. <laughs> Actually, no, he's upgraded his maker's mark now. Oh, well, is he? Bef- yeah. Before we get to the break, let's hear from Chris Pither. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> bit, <laughs> bit much there, Crispy. Come on. We're really oh, just, that's aggressive for this time of night, I Chris. Know. We're just speculating Jeez. where you drive it, B. And, and, yeah, boy, oh boy. Pumping up your sponsor, but anyway. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll take a quick pause <laughs> for the course. Back with more right after this. Race Rewind on the way. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. In fact, they've been doing it for over 40 years. Right now, it is time for our Race Rewind. This is The Driver's Seat Race Rewind. As always, we do it thanks to Gates Australia. Don't compromise. Choose Gates Premium Belts, Hose and Hydraulics. Uh, I want to have a look-see at the 2010 Armoral Gold Coast 600. Unfortunately, a late casualty. Uh, once again, back-to-back casualty, unfortunately. Uh, Devastated, Nimsy. Yeah. As you Devastated. refer to it as schoolies. Schoolies for adults on the Gold Coast. <laughs> Absolutely. One, Nimsy, I know you're kind of new to this whole motorsport gig thing uh, the last couple of years, three, four years, and I know you're now a ripping fan. If I could wind, if I could jump into the hot tub time machine and roll on back to the heyday of the IndyCar races, you, I'd love to take you back, mate, because <laughs> it was a different event back then. Oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it what? <laughs> it's amazing how there camera a, phones can ruin things. Eh? Oh, there was a lot of, let me just say the... Um, Walking around, you had a you had a crook neck because you're either looking at the racetrack or looking up at the balconies around all of the hotels. It was the best party of the year, wasn't it, Stevie? Jones? Oh, it was. It was, it was the best, incredible, party. and to the to the point where some of our own military got in massive trouble. Yes, never never go up in a Black Hawk helicopter with a sign sign that says "Show us your hooters." Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just going to imply, and uh, yes. <laughs> now, now, because now the, they got in big trouble. Now, the reason, the reason that, I, that I want to talk about the, uh, the 2010, you're right there, Matty? He's got his head on the desk. He's lost it. I'll let you recompose. I'll let you, I'll let you recompose there for a second, Matty. But the reason I want to look at the... Uh, the 2010 Armoral Gold Coast 600 is because it is the first edition of the race that was over 300 Ks, and it was the first time a third co-driver event was held at a touring car season in Australia since 1990. And each team had to have an international driver. And Stevie J, you were partnered with uh, a four-time IndyCar champion, three-time Indy 500 winner, and a, and a Daytona 24-hour winner. Yes, Dario Franchitti. He was... Uh, Big Dario. Big Dario, yeah. It was very, very cool. You know, it... Um, uh, it was very interesting having those internationals uh, come and turn up and drive our cars. They literally got a test on, I think it was the Monday or the Tuesday before yeah. at Queensland Raceway. Yep. 
and that was it. And it was almost like a co-driver enduro up there. Mm. They were pulling up on the start grid. There were, there was yeah. basically a full field of supercars with the co-drivers, uh, the international co-drivers, them doing practice starts, all sorts of things, because they were going to have to start the race. And, uh, um, yeah, it was very, very interesting to see. And, um, you know, I think some of us had some good success. Others, maybe GRM, <laughs> probably wouldn't like it that much because yeah, they ended up... FPR. <laughs> FPR as <laughs> they well. They tore up a few cars, They tore up they? a few cars, absolutely. But very interesting concept. Well, let's actually have a listen to what happened when Jacques Villeneuve, former F1 champion, got behind the wheel of a supercar. <laughs> and the Gold Coast 600 is underway. Jacques Villeneuve finds himself squeezed in the middle of the track, but he pops through the 97 Formula One world champ under attack straight away. And there goes Villeneuve. He spun around in the bottle entry. This will be carnage. Whack! Oh, it's dodging car stuff. That was willpower into Villeneuve. Look at that. Cars everywhere. Have you ever seen anything like this? Now, that bit of audio goes for 23 seconds. Uh, an exciting start for uh, race one. I don't mind telling you, I miss Matty White in commentary. Yep. I thought Matty White was sensational. But, look, it was – I love the concept. And it and it was it was well – obviously well attended by internationals. They were mm. easily able to get internationals because everyone loves the opportunity to drive a supercar. I mean, Sebastian Bourdais, Jacques Villeneuve, Dario Franchitti, Will Power. I mean, there was, there was a – a heavy hitter lineup in those cars. And Who they wouldn't want to come to the Gold Coast on the party oh. weekend to race a supercar. <laughs> Do you really think they took it seriously? Well, they all came. Probably. They all became. They all came because they were former IndyCar drivers, yes. and of course, IndyCar stopped Nimsy. Mm -hmm. And but all those drivers, the Will Powers, the Dario, they all wanted to come back. Mm. They because they know that it was a hell of a party. Like it was a hell of a party. <laughs> let me tell you. And Jacques Villeneuve was the only guy in the world. That's Grant Denyer's size wearing Steve Johnson's size race suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never met Jacques. Is he that small? He is very small. Is he really? Yep, he's tiny. Yeah, he's right. Tiny, like Dean Canto. I was size. about to say, is really? he Canto like? Yeah. <laughs> yep, very, very much. If you, but wow. just with hair. If you put him back to back, uh, <laughs> could you fit him under a table? That's what I want to know. But um, mm. <laughs> that's very. Um, he, he'd actually fit them under the table at the moment, Nimsy. <laughs> Maddie and I are standing at. They oh, easily. Straight under. I um, remember. I've got a very funny Dean Canto story. Years and years ago, he and I were racing against each other in mini challenge, and I was seeing a young lady at that stage who. Um, she was impressive out in many ways. Mm -hmm. And um, Dean, being so short, used to just walk up to my said girlfriend at that stage and give her a hug and just plant his face and his head right into the impressiveness and just sit there and hold. <laughs> the impressiveness. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what he did. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh boy, indeed. <laughs> he's, I, he's, I. It was very funny. He's a very lucky man. Oh, oi, oi, oi. hey, hey we got some text messages, Nemzy, too. Yes. By the way, yes, we do. In fact, let's take our final break and we'll wrap them all up in the loose ends. <laughs> oh boy, that was our race rewind here on the driver's seat. We do it as always, thanks to our great friends at Gates Australia. Make sure you protect your ride with complete system replacement with Gates belts and hoses. Visit gatesaustralia.com.au. Your texts on the other side of this. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat. Almost time to put it to bed here. And uh, remember to rev up your smartphone with The Driver's Seat app. It's available in the App Store now. And as always, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. We got some texts 
to rip through here, boys. We do have some texts. Um, and, of course, I've just whacked the text machine and it's gone blank. No, here we go. Um, if you look, <laughs> this is from Tommy in Hobart. If you look at Walkinshaw's wallet versus Brad uh, Brad Jones's wallet, there is most definitely no cash here. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, all right? Cash, no. Robbo? No cash. <laughs> that might have been the discussion between. I reckon. Between uh, Purdog and Jonesy. Jonesy. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, interesting to, to read on Slow Latte, which is Fast Deli. That's, that's very Which good. is also Speed Cafe. Yeah, that is very good, Greg. Uh, slow Latte, that the majority of teams are saying that the next-gen supercar, Stevie J, that is going to be too expensive to build and run. Looks like there is a posse with torches and pitchforks gestating at Uncle Roland's Roller Door. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> yeah. surprise. Very creative there, Greg. Well, I think yeah. I think he's right, too. Yeah, but, but I think with the, the new consortium that are, are buying supercars, I think that that whole, um, I wouldn't even call it a takeover, that whole, uh, you know, I guess. Organising committee? Yeah, but just just, just the, the stranglehold Roland's got on certain teams and parts and things won't be there. Well, because he's about to be bought out. Exactly. All the teams as part so of the... So he won't have that yeah. controlling say on the board. He'll be gone. No, as part of the TLA and ARG group buyout, Nimsy and Steve, mm-hmm. um, the if you if you roll back one second and you remember the consortium with uh, Doohan and Pete Smith and Pete Adderton and all that kind of stuff, part of their original design was to buy the teams out. And TLA's wasn't. TLA and uh, wasn't. And then TLA and ARG joined forces and they were basically told, um, you're going to have to buy the teams out if you want to be successful. So yeah. that's what's going to happen, which will, will reduce some of that power. But uh, we might leave it to another Burson off-track update to talk about Gen 3 because there's just lots going on there that we're not uh, being talked to, to about. Uh, and Lee, good on you, Lee. Lee's texting, Kubota, Shaping and Building Australia. Bit like Stevie J shaping and building himself with Maccas. Is that the first Maccas gag tonight? Yes, it is. It probably is. is. But the thing is, Nimsy know, knows him well, and I did not have Maccas tonight. Did I, Nimsy? No, you didn't. I didn't. There is no, um, what, what did we call it? The iced latte or whatever it is you get. No. <laughs> so what did you have tonight? What, hey? did, you have, what did you have tonight? What, 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 did, did, what did someone say? What did I have, Nimsy? I actually didn't see what you had. Oh, Nimsy, you're killing me, mate. Where's the button? Did someone say KFC? Nimsy, you're almost asleep. <laughs> and and uh, Tess seems to have done himself a mischief. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Go on, Sorry about that, boys. And good, uncle, good, good to hear from you, Uncle Chop Chop. I haven't heard you for a while. Uh, we'll be back next week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.